Uh, I want to look at one of the names of God that says that no matter what government is out there, God is uh, not hindered at all from taking them on. Uh, it is um, the name Jehovah Sabaoth, which is translated the Lord of Armies. It's a, a wonderful name. Uh, those of you who are purists and like the Hebrew pronunciation, it's Yahweh Tsebeoth. Yahweh Tsebeoth, and that occurs 245 times. So it's a very, very important name. And there's another uh, iteration of this, Elohim Tsebeoth, God of armies or God of hosts, that occurs another 40 uh, times. But we're just going to look at Yahweh Tsebeoth, Isaiah 47, verse 4 says, As for our Redeemer, Yahweh Sabaoth is his name, the Holy One of Israel. And several times in the book of Isaiah and other places, it says Yahweh Sabaoth is his name. Now the root for that name, Sabaoth, means war, fighting, and army. So that indicates that our God wars against things. He is a warrior God. He fights against things, and when we come to this covenant meal, we are pledging ourselves to war against everything that God wars against, to fight against everything that God fights against. Too often, uh, we as Christians want peace at any cost. We don't want war, but we have been called to be soldiers of the cross. And these 245 scriptures indicate that the hosts of heaven are under God's command and we are under his command as a part of that army. We're a part of, that, uh, of those hosts that he commands. And there are two applications that I want to make from this name, Lord of Armies. First application is from the word armies or hosts. It depends on your version of how that's translated. And um, the application that I want to make is that we do not need to be a fearful or afraid when we're in a minority because greater is he who is with us than he who is with the world. And I think of the time when Elisha was uh, surrounded by all of these enemies in his city and his servant was terrified. He was scared to death and then Elisha wasn't fearful at all. Uh, he said, do not fear for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And the servant's thinking he's kind of a little bit nuts, but uh, he prays that God would open up his eyes, and all of a sudden he sees everywhere, all over the mountains and in the sky, these fiery chariots and horses and the angels of heaven ready to take out the enemy. And all of a sudden he is no longer afraid. And I think when we feel down, when we feel it's absolutely hopeless to take our nation back, that we need to take courage that our God is the Lord of hosts. And um, David took courage uh, with that when he came up against uh, Goliath. He said, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. I come to you in the name Yahweh Sabaoth and Elohim Sabaoth whom you have defied. And God is a God who wars against them, right? So we should be encouraged. We're just a part of his army, and our God is never defeated. The second application comes from the first word. He is the Lord of hosts. Well, that means he sets the agendas. Yes, he fights, but 
it's not so much that he is fighting for us, but we are fighting for him. He does fight for us, but only when we are fighting for him. And I want you to turn with me, if you would, to Joshua chapter 3, verses 13 through 15. This is, this is just an incredible little passage here. Joshua 3, and let's begin reading at verse uh, 13. Nope, it's not Joshua 3. What chapter is it? I wrote that down wrong. Chapter 5. Chapter 5, beginning at verse 13. And it came to pass, when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, notice this capital H all the way through, so even though it looks like a man, it's really the Lord Jesus. It's a pre-incarnate um, uh, manifestation of the Son of God. Said to him, are you for us or for our adversaries? Now, what does that question imply? It implies that Joshua, at this point, has Israel at the center of his focus. All of life revolves around Israel. Are you for Israel? Are you against Israel? And God just says, no, I'm, I'm going to contradict the assumption that goes in there, that that's a, a, a question that's legitimate. So he said, no. Now, Joshua did not ask a yes or no question. Are you for us or are you against us? And God says, no, I'm not even going to follow that assumption. No, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? Now that's the attitude we should have. God focused. What's your agenda, Lord? Uh, are we for you or against you? It's not whether people are for me or against me. And then in verse 15, then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take your sandal off your foot, for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. And so as we cut covenant with the Lord this morning, uh, we can take uh, uh, comfort in the victory implied in Yahweh Tsebaoth, but we also, I think, should very self-consciously be submitting ourselves to the Lord just as Rodney began the service and saying, Lord, I bow myself before you. In fact, you could visualize in your mind that you're putting your head on the ground and saying, Lord, put your foot upon my neck. That's what uh, the suzerainty treaties, uh, the kings did to the, 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 the kings that they put under their under their protection. They put their foot on the king's neck and they said, okay, now rise up and they would embrace them and they say, now that you have submitted yourself entirely to me, I will protect you. I'll care for you. I will fight for you. And that's what God promises to do in the Lord's table. We commit ourselves unreservedly to God. He commits himself unreservedly to us.